Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast, where Fading Vance Joseph and his donkey's defense is continuing to contribute to my rent fund. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Scott, and on today's episode, I will be previewing the TNF matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. This game is an interesting choice for an island game, to say the least. Seems like your classic uh, Jack versus Rose situation we have going on here. You have one team sinking and one team bobbing for air at the surface. So who will get the door in this one, huh? Let's go ahead and dive on in. I'll start off with the close but no cigar Chicago Bears. Fresh off of a complete meltdown last week against my hapless Denver Broncos, Justin Fields actually had one of the best games of his early career. Now granted, that was against the Broncos defense, who couldn't stop a toddler from coloring on the walls. Fields completed 28 passes on 35 attempts for 335 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 1 interception. He looked pretty good for the first, like, 50 minutes of the game, and then it just fell apart when Denver started bringing the pressure. He looked fairly comfortable and even scrambled 4 times for 25 yards. I think if the Bears stand a chance in this one, Eberflus and Getze will need to let Fields run the ball more. The phantom toe himself, DJ Moore, alongside Cole Komet and Khalil Herbert, were standouts in that game as well, accounting for all of Chicago's touchdowns. If the offensive line holds up, they should continue to be a threat, or at least monitored in this matchup. Now, that's a pretty big if, though, considering that the offensive line made the Broncos' defensive unit look competent at times, allowing a bunch of pressure in the second half and four sacks total one of which was a fumble, scoop and score, which tied the game, essentially giving the Broncos hope and later the win. The offense as a whole go into this game ranked 22nd in points, 20th in yards per game, 23rd in passing, and 13th in rushing. Now, I may not be a smart man, but I know when to run the ball. <laughs> Seriously though, come on Bears, do what you're good at. Now, as far as the defensive side of the ball goes, there's nothing really spectacular to discuss here. The Bears' defense comes into this game ranking towards the bottom in almost every statistical category and ranks dead-ass last in sacks with just two. A semi-bright side would be the run defense. They're at least middle of the pack, but with all of that money that was dumped into the linebacker room, Bears fans should expect better. Now, as far as injuries go, According to the Bears' official website, at the time of this recording, the Bears will be without Chase Claypool. Seems like a fair amount of drama surrounding that one. And all signs are pointing either to a trade or a release of the disgruntled receiver. They will also be missing some key figures on the defensive back end. Eddie Jackson is out with a foot injury, along with fellow defensive back Jalen Johnson, who has a bum hamstring. Looks like Jaquan Brisker is going to be questionable for this one. Also, along the offensive line, they may be without Tevin Jenkins, who is also questionable. So, how do the Bears ship out of FedEx Field with a win? Like I stated previously, stick to what you're good at. They need to attempt to establish, establish some sort of running game to keep those pass rushers from having a field's day. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm not sure who's at fault here for the decline in Justin's running game, but he was almost literally the entire run game last year. 
Now, I could see a desire to hold back on quarterback runs because of injury risks, but on the flip side, if you make a quarterback do something he is not comfortable with behind a poor offensive line, that same risk applies, especially against the monsters the commanders have on their defensive line, which I will get into later. Now, in this scenario, I'd prefer to see Fields continue to do what he's good at. This doesn't necessarily mean condensed formations and just power quarterback runs up the middle like last year. Let Herbert take the majority of those. Attack those edges with some outside zone runs with both running backs and quarterback. Keep them guessing. That pocket is going to close up ridiculously fast. Get Fields on some rollouts and let him scramble a bit, ensuring the defensive ends respect those edges. Now once they have a bit of a run game going, you can lean into some RPOs and some play action. The Bears need to run to open up the passing game, not the other way around. And try to get some deep shots down the field to Darnell Mooney, preferably away from Emmanuel Forbes. You gotta keep the back end of that defense honest. Now defensively speaking, the Bears need to stay disciplined. Stay in a too high shell to prevent big plays and keep Scary Terry in front of you. You cannot let him get behind the safeties, especially with all those DBs being out. Mix up some man and some zone coverages underneath to keep them guessing. Then tighten things up in the red zone and hope that the defensive front and those high-priority linebackers can keep Brian Robinson and the running game in check. Now, I realize most of this is easier said than done, especially against this Washington defense. I think the most realistic chance Chicago has is the fact that the commanders always seem to play to their opponent's level. They played down to the Broncos and up to the Eagles. If the Bears can catch the commanders at their level, they have a chance. If the commanders realize they are the better team, the Bears could be in trouble. Now that's all I have from the Bears' perspective. We're going to take a quick break and then talk about the commanders' point of view when we return. And we're back. So, Riverboat Ron has officially been stripped of his moniker with the end of the game decision against the Eagles last week. They got lucky at the end of that game and should have rode that luck all the way in for the two-point conversion. Taking the game to overtime was a bad decision and now they have added an L to their ledger as a result. The team, however, showed a lot of heart that day, led by a decent performance by Sam Howell. He really took command of that offense. He threw for a total of 41 passes with 29 completions for 290 yards, one touchdown, and zero interceptions. He also scrambled six times for 40 yards. He's a threat on the run, and the Bears will have to respect that. Even though I'm a Broncos fan and they stole a win from us, I've actually enjoyed watching Sam Howe play, and I'm fairly interested to see where his career goes from here. Now, Washington has a bunch of threats to watch out for, led by Terry McLaurin. This guy is absolutely amazing and deserves to be at least in the conversation right up there with some of the best receivers in the league. There is nothing that he cannot do. Contested catches, deep bombs, and quick yak routes are all on the table for him. He needs to be accounted for at all times. Oh, and by the way, if he's covered, they have like five other receivers who are all dangerous. Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, and Jahan Dotson will all tear you up if given the chance. I think the Bears are going to have a really difficult time keeping all these receivers covered. Now, if the pass game doesn't concern you, the run game should. 
Brian Robinson doesn't give a single fuck and looks for a contact on every single carry. Antonio Gibson is super squiggly out of the backfield both as a receiver and a running threat. If the Washington offense has one weakness though, it would be the offensive line. They're really hard to gauge so far this season. At times they've looked really good, and at some times they've looked really bad. I'm not quite sure what to expect in this one, but against the poor Bears defensive line, I'm leaning towards the better side of the spectrum, but I guess we'll just have to see. The defense is where Washington's bread is buttered, well at least up front anyway. That defensive line is scary to say the least. They come into the matchup ranks 6th in sacks with 13, quite the contrast to the opponents they face. All four of their monsters on the line have at least one sack. Montez Sweat and Chase Young lead the way with three and two and a half sacks, respectively. Against one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, I expect great things from this front. Now, the back end of this defense is a different story, however. They lack consistency. Emmanuel Forbes and Kendall Fuller are ball hawks for sure and can capitalize on any mistakes made, but sometimes that leads to busts and coverages. Just ask A.J. Brown of the Eagles about that. He had 9 catches for 175 yards and 2 touchdowns. Deep shots and yards after the catch can all be had against this defense. If Justin Fields and DJ Moore figure this out, it could potentially be a problem. As far as injuries go, the commanders are coming into this game relatively healthy with no players of note on the injury report. There's an overall good feeling to the Washington Commanders story this year. They seem to have taken this fresh start with the new ownership seriously. There definitely seems to be like a weight has been lifted and it shows. I think Washington can and should win this game if they just play their own brand of football. Like I stated earlier, stop playing to the opponent's level. They are a good team. And once they realize this, they can make some noise in the NFC East, especially with how bad the Giants have been this year. There's an NFC wildcard spot up for the taking, and I think the Commanders could and should snatch it up. That's all I have for the Commanders at this time. We're going to take another quick break, and when I return, we'll wrap this up with my top bets and some fantasy football advice. Alright, we're back. So at the time of this recording, the commies are favored in this one by six and a half points. I think this spread is way too high. I know there's been a lot of blowouts this year compared to others, but I can't even remember a time, in recent history at least, when Washington has blown anyone out. I guess anything is possible, right? That's why we all love this game, but uh, I can't take the commies on this one. I think Washington will get the win, but they will not cover the spread. Take the Bears to cover the six and a half points. I could also see Brian Robinson going over his yard total and scoring at least one touchdown. If the Bears use fields the way I, and probably all of Chicago and the surrounding area, would like to see, I could see fields getting a rushing touchdown and maybe his confidence back. Also, I think with all of the attention the Bears will pay to Scary Terry, I think Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel will have a decent day. Pick one or both of them to go over their yardage. Straight up bets are the way to make money betting, but if you want to parlay some of these, of course I can't stop you. <laughs> Alright, as far as fantasy advice goes, from the Bears, you can start Fields and more, 
but if you have other options, I wouldn't start any Bears players until they prove to be trustworthy. Both players scored a decent amount of fantasy points last week, but that was against a really bad Broncos team. I don't have much faith in this organization as a whole until proven otherwise. On the Washington side, of course you're going to want to start Scary Terry, but I'd also start Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Brian Robinson if rostered. Alright, that should do it for today's podcast. I really appreciate you joining me on this inaugural showing, and I hope you all have a great day. Until next time.